What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports' daily NFL podcast. This is where I, Will Brinson, the host of the Daily Podcast, can tell you about uh, going to sportsline.com to get your brackets uh, information, but you, your bracket's already destroyed. It's already a wasteland. There's nothing you could do about it. If you are interested in getting insight into the games coming up, go to sportsline.com, use promo code TOUCHDOWN, and you can get uh, picks against a spread for the rest of the tournament to offset your bracket losses. This is going to be a short podcast because it's Friday. It's Thursday night. We're trying to watch some basketball. Um, I'm trying to watch uh, Abilene Christian get destroyed by Kentucky. But Who's, it, uh, who's NC State playing? That's, that's uncalled for. That's, you know what? I deserve that for making, that's Ryan Wilson, of course. I deserve that for making you do this podcast on your son's birthday. It's um, birthday, so happy birthday to him. He's, uh, he's already shaved twice in this <laughs> no, he has, wait, wait, what? Has he shaved twice? Well, this is crazy. So he's, he's 12? In the last year. Yeah. Just turned 12. Wow. Moments ago. What is his, what is his real dad think? <laughs> he's tall it leads me to wonder exactly what's going on but uh yeah so let's see we got back from the super bowl and before we left for the combine a few weeks later he's like uh and his voice has changed a lot too which is crazy mm. he's like uh dad can you uh, show me how to shave <laughs> oh my god and i think part of the issue is that um you know when you have like three whiskers and your buddies don't they bust your bust your uh, hump about it mm-hmm so I think he wanted to avoid that. So yeah, I said, like, all right, here's how you do it with a, you know, just like a disposable razor. And you would think shaving three whiskers should take three to four or five seconds. It's like a 20 minute process. I said, look, man, we got to speed this up. So anyway, I think he's going to go for a round three, uh, a post birthday shave. But yeah, that's the thing, man. It, it happens so fast because Robbie's four or five. Robbie is five. Oh God, dude, it's going to be here before you know it. I'm, no, I'm sure it will be. By the way, how about Gillette? How about you step up and give us a sponsorship? Yeah. Uh, are you, are you, are you wrestling with, um, your life, you know, as, as your son turns 12, realizing how old you are, or is this it's crazy? A- yeah, because it doesn't seem like that long ago. It's funny you say that because when my, my youngest son is seven and a half, literally, this is how committed I am to this podcast. The, the day he was born, <laughs> I don't know if you remember this, Brinson, I, I did a podcast. I, I do remember that because we were like, wait, Ryan's, Ryan's son was just born. What is it? What are you doing on here? Well, um, my wife was in the hospital. Spending the night with the, with the, our son now, so I was I was home doing nothing. That's said, right. right. You, yeah, that's right. You put the other kid in bed and you did the podcast. No, he was. That's good. Where was he? Maybe he was staying with his grandparents. I don't know where he was. <laughs> I forgot about him. Yeah, I don't know what happened to the old one. I mean, I definitely blogged the the weekend that Robbie came home for the from the. Uh... Well, I one up you again. Okay. Uh, I worked the day of my vasectomy. Top that. Oh, that is true. You you may have podcasted the day of your vasectomy. I didn't do that. <laughs> um, okay, let's dive. So we're going to do some draft stuff, and then we'll preview the upcoming week. The owners' meeting start in Phoenix on Sunday. Um, I got stabbed in the back by Jamie Eisenberg, who <laughs> who <laughs> he told me he was he told me he was going. I didn't ask. Yeah, him. yeah, yeah. You were like Jamie's going. I was like, oh god, I'm going to have to go now. Uh, we were Jamie and I were both told we weren't going. Jamie is going. Pete Prisco will be out there. Jason Lockenford will be out there. Hopefully, Ryan, we don't have to enlist your services next week as often. You this is your fourth show this week. Breached the other one thank you to you guys for doing that we'll get those guys uh you know uh, we'll get those guys in the house to do it because they'll be out there we'll call pete out in arizona i don't have time for this and then i'll then i'll talk to him for 90 90 minutes on the phone um okay so first of all we're gonna do prospects because i think that this stuff is interesting you have filed and i'm not kidding i think it's like 45 draft prospect profiles over the last out over the next Month, I think. So What's they're not, this? are they not out yet? They're not live? They're not all out. Okay. They're coming out two a day. Um, 
five weeks from Thursday night as we're talking is the draft. We'll be in Nashville. Yes. Hopefully it won't be raining. Last year at this time it was Breach's wedding and it was raining the whole friggin' weekend. So yeah, it really did rain the whole weekend. Um, what do you, what have you learned from these draft profiles in putting them together? Cause I think when you do these deep dives on individuals, at least for me, I know that you ultimately end up kind of coming away with maybe a little something different. What's, what's a takeaway that you've gotten from these draft profiles that you put together? Uh, I need an assistant. That's the first takeaway. <laughs> well, That's we have Sean. We can offer yeah, you Sean. I don't want Sean as my assistant. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to work. Exactly. A couple things and not necessarily just from doing these, but just as we get closer to crunch time here, there are probably five edge rushers that are first round, six that are first round talents, five that are probably going the first round. Let's see if I can name them real quick. Nick Bosa, of course, Josh Allen, we know about, um, Rashawn Gary, we know about Montez Sweat, who has a heart condition. But the good news is if you get, if your doctor says you have a heart condition, the good news is they didn't send him home from the combine. Um, his agent released a statement. See if I can find it, but I remember off the top of my head. He says everything's fine. Yeah, he said that, uh, he said that they knew about it before college. No, it's no big deal. Don't worry about it. With, we're going to continue to dominate! Exclamation point. Exclamation point! I know. I saw that. That was weird. So Montez Sweat, um, Rashawn Gary mentioned Brian Burns out of Florida State. So that's one, two, three, four, five guys. And then there's Cleveland Farrell who makes six. And then after that, you know, because we say this is a deep defensive line class, but if you need an edge rusher, those are the first round guys. Mm. Jakai Polite is number seven, but we know about his atrocious combine. Um, talked to Scott the other day who's, who said he's a, he's not an outside linebacker if you draft him. He's a defensive edge rusher, one year product, uh, productivity, which we know, but it apparently wasn't a surprise that the comp, that the interviews didn't go so well. So you know what you're getting in this guy. If you draft him the first one, that's on you. Our buddy Lance Deerline at NFL.com says he's heard second or third round. So. Six six guys in the first round. If you want them, then you're going to start to stretch for guys. So that's something to to look out for. Let's see what else. So many things going on. I will say this. So can you name the two big wide receivers out of Ole Miss? I don't know if you know them off the top of your head. Yeah, DK Metcalf and AJ Brown. Yep, you got it. So here's the thing. I've I'm in. I'm in the. I'm deep in the draft. I know you showed me that tweet where someone was yelling at you for just agreeing with everything that yeah. me and Fornelli were saying on Monday. Yeah, we know one the guys like, hey, Prince is just nodding his head and drafted random guys. It's like, yeah, I'm the host who writes about football for a living, not college football or the draft. Anyway. Well, the same thing happened. I was on the Fantasy Football Today podcast with Azer and, and Jamie, you mentioned it, and Dave Richards. And they were tweeting it at Azer about not knowing anything about the draft. He goes, yeah, I'm not a draft guy. I'm mm. the fantasy football guy. Azer's it's, not even really a fantasy football guy. Not even really a football guy. Just sort of hangs out and uh, talks for a living. Those are your words, not mine. So who do you like better out of DK Metcalf and and AJ Brandon? Let me set it up first by saying DK Metcalf's the one that ran the four three three at the combine. He takes off a shirt, he looks like your Davian Clowney. He's six four, two thirty five. AJ Brown, meanwhile, is a slot receiver. DK Metcalf runs sort of go routes all day. Uh, he's about six two, two fifteen maybe, and I think he ran a four sub four five um, um, type of well, player. But am I allowed to? Like said player based on where they're going to be drafted because I don't like DK Metcalf based on where he's going to be drafted. Just your personal opinion. I don't care what. Well, happens. I mean, like I would take DK Metcalf over AJ Brown, but I, I I don't want DK Metcalf where he's going. I think he's going to go top ten or top fifteen. And I don't want him there. I think he's a speed demon down the field. I think he's ripped and big and strong, and that's great. Can't move laterally. Can't. Um, we never really saw him run a full route tree. They didn't use him in running plays at all at Ole Miss. Maybe it's his offense. It stunk. I, I don't, I have, I might, I got Spidey sense up about DK Metcalf. And so I will personally uh, stay away from him if that's my 
option. Yeah, sure. No, yep, huge boomer bust guy. I, I'm not worried about the old lateral thing. His three cone drill and, and shuttle time were, were doo doo. But you watch him play in the routes that you, you want him to run. You don't want him running crossing routes all day. That said, injury history is one concern. He only played two games as a freshman, and only seven games last year because of neck injury. But I was talking to a scout and I said, listen, people keep talking about AJ Brown. I've watched like four or five of his games. I like him, but I don't love him to the point where, because people are like gushing over AJ Brown. And I keep watching him play. And he runs a lot of comeback routes, which is fine if that's what you want your guy to do, but that's not like a first-round pick to me. And this guy said, I absolutely love A.J. Brown. I'm like, what? I just don't – I don't get it. It doesn't jump out to me. And he said, listen, he is a high-volume – and that made a lot of sense to me. He's a high-volume receiver. Yep. He's a guy that's going to catch a lot of passes. He gets yards after the catch. He's incredibly tough to tackle. So, yeah, he's running comebacks and crossing routes, but guess what? People aren't tackling him, and that's a huge deal. And I feel like I'm sort of coming around to that. I don't like him more than DK Metcalf in terms of potential, but I think that the, the wide receiver group is crowding together as we get closer to this thing. Mm. One more thing I've learned, and you you know this because you've been watching the the pro days as well. Um, as we go through this, people get super pumped <laughs> at about guys throwing in shorts and t-shirts. It's now, crazy, man. It's crazy. Kyle looked, Kyle looked fine. He didn't blow me away, but he did everything he was supposed to do. We were talking about Dwayne Haskins. I went back and watched that later because you were watching it live and you were – Commenting about how much he was sweating. He had like four layers. He was him. sweating his face off. I said that on the podcast to Breach last night. He was cr- like, I, I not, not like it's bad. He's a football player. He can sweat all he wants, but he's just he's like, a, like 12 layers. And I'm a sweaty guy. I sweat, I sweat a lot too, but he was, he was definitely like, like profusely sweating and like wiping off. He didn't look like he was out there like having a, you know, real casual, uh, afternoon at the, uh, what's interesting is Kyler didn't move around a lot at his pro day because he wanted to be a pocket passer. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, Dwayne Haskins over there rolling around, rolling around left and right. Uh, avoiding fake rushers just to prove that he was mobile. But again, his shorts and t-shirts, he looked good. Drew Locke was today. He looked good. Uh, of course, these guys look good, but the, those guys are all first round picks in my mind. Uh, right. Will Greer had his pro day at West Virginia. And I thought this tweet was interesting from, from Schefter. Mm, uh, I saw this. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have it handy? I, I, I'm going to. He said that. Uh, I'm real quick. So I, it, it, my spotty senses went up really fast when I. Well, saw I had him. Will, well, I had Will Greer in my first round of my 2019 first mock draft last sure. last year. Absolutely. So like, yeah, I mean, whatever. It's not, you're right. Even September, October, November, he was mentioned as first round pick. Here's here's a tweet. So it said one NFL scout in Morgantown just texted that QB Will Greer quote put on a show unquote for NFL teams in attendance. That to me smells like someone trying to get the word out about Will Greer having, and I'm not bashing Adam Schefter. Sure. This is what it sounds like to me. Like, you you know, you hear things, uh, someone did this, someone did that, and you're like, eh. And then there's another good tweet from um, Chad Roeder. Uh, Ruder. I don't know how to pronounce it. Ryder. Oh, Ryder. That makes sense. So. Is it? Yeah. R-E-U-T-E-R. Yeah, Chad. He's Chad underscore yeah. Ryder um, on Twitter. He does mock drafts for NFL.com. He's been doing the draft for a long time. And this tre- and he he's not once on He's not a rabble rouser. He's the one to tweet things that make sense and are very um, sort of middle of the road, which is fine. That's how I tweet. Anyway, he says, beware the late rising QBs. And I'm, I'm assuming he's talking about Will Greer. Mason Rudolph, Davis Webb, Connor Cook, Bryce Petty <laughs> were all guys that were supposedly getting into the first round conversation after, you know, successful pro days or late uh, push to the draft type conversations, but all ended up third or fourth round picks. And uh, I just think that's important to remember because Will Greer – as you mentioned, had a lot of hype coming into this season. He played, he had a pretty good season, but when you watch him play more closely, he doesn't have a great arm. He makes some dumb decisions. And the word that always came to mind when I watched him was impatient. 
And you can't be impatient in the NFL and be successful from one week to the next. So anyway, I thought that was interesting just in terms of the the well, it's not smoke screening. I guess it's sort of clearing the smoke for, it's for Will. Late Grant. rising Will Greer. And, but mm-hmm. I, I think there's a decent discussion. Like I might take Will Greer over Drew, uh, Daniel Evans, Daniel Evans, Daniel Jones or, uh, Drew Locke. Mm-hmm. I mean, not definitely, but like I, I would rather have Will Greer in the third round than one of those guys in the first round. Here's the thing I'll say about that. And, and look, you can argue that neither Drew Locke nor Daniel Jones deserves to be a first round pick. But by taking Will Greer in the third round, you're basically saying I'm wasting a third round pick. Because what are the chances he, other than Russell Wilson, how many third round picks have worked out as quarterbacks? Uh, Nick Foles. Yeah, third round pick. There you go. That's two. <laughs> and he only plays two months a year. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's good for a couple of games a year. That's right. Um, no, I'm with you. I look. I don't. I'm not trying to invest heavily in Will Greer by any stretch of the imagination. I'm just saying that's. Um, yeah. Oh, I, by the way, I didn't. I, liked I didn't it before. tell you. Sorry to interrupt you, but uh, on, on Monday, I was at Syracuse's Pro Day. Oh, look at you. Oh, what is – um? I'll be at uh, NC State's Pro Day in six days. Why don't you fly down? Yeah, I was thinking about that. Six days. I wonder why it's so late. March 27th is what it is. So that'll be a uh, – oh, good. That'll be a Wednesday. Can't wait to uh, – maybe I'll take my son out there. Maybe Robbie can play. Is it outdoors? No, they got an indoor practice, okay. practice facility. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, let's see. Uh, for anyone who cares, Syracuse has a couple guys. Chris Slayton, the defensive tackle, who could be uh, probably a day three pick. And then Jamal Custis is like a 6'5 wide receiver, ran a 4'5 at the combine, didn't run again at Syracuse. Looked good, again, in shorts and T-shirts. I feel like he could best case be day two, but maybe day three. So anyway, two guys for Syracuse homers. Um, by the way, what happened to the Syracuse basketball player that got suspended? Uh, Frank Howard? Yeah, I don't like, – I don't. The, Five I don't, miles from here, and I just saw that he wasn't playing, so it must be serious. I don't know, but I do know that he – I still like Syracuse tonight. They were in my top – today's top picks. What – uh? by the way, how about you uh, picking the Tar Heels for your bracket? I was looking for that video. Where is it? I found it. It's on CBS Sports HQ's feed. Did you see the full video? I want to see everyone else's. Oh, uh, you... yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, you, my, Robbie and I did mine. From, from oh, like, nice. Yeah, he, he, he picked you didn't the, pick Duke, did you? No, he picked the Tar Heels, and I had to roll. Oh, way to go, Robbie. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. He's like, about. Kobe White. <laughs> oh, he knows. The, good for him. That's the only I'm... thing he knows is Kobe White. He just yells. Anytime somebody does something good, he's like, Kobe White. <laughs> um, yeah, Joey from Social asked me to do it. I was like, you know I haven't watched like a full basketball game in like three years. He goes, that's, that's actually better. Like, <laughs> so, I'll okay. be picking the Tar Heels, right. I should have right. done it up here with the state helmet, and that way they could uh, they could laugh at it. All right, we're going to take- should have worn the state helmet. I'm not kidding when I said it's going to be a short podcast. Yeah, I should have worn the state helmet. Oh, I should have worn the state helmet. Robbie picks Carolina, and then I'm just humiliated. Uh, we're going to take a very quick break, and we'll be right back to uh, break down the new potential rules and preview the owners' meetings. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, 
Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Being around sports media and a fan of, oh, my NC State Wolfpack for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or... Could a coin flip have landed magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former sports center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall. Legacies will change forever. New goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. All right, Ryan. So a lot of lessons from you on the draft. Getting excited for this draft, by the way. Um, I have uh, – I already so, have the places picked out where we're going to eat in Nashville. You do? Did, I have is, one that we have to go to. Is Biscuit Love on there? No, not the change. You already went to Biscuit Love. What, what, where are we going? I need no names. Going to the Tennessee Brew Works. My buddy who mm. works at Vanderbilt and has lived in Nashville for 10 years, so he's sort of seen it uh, grow into the hipster haven that it has now become. Uh, mm. This place is mind-blowingly good. It, the beers, um, uh, obviously, it's a microbrew or whatever they call it. What do sure. they call, call it, microbrews? Uh, I think it's a brewery at this point. Yeah, everybody's, everybody's, a, everybody's a microbrewery. Right, exactly. Uh, but their hamburgers are literally the best hamburgers I've ever had in my life. Mind blowing. So anyway, wow. we'll do that. Is this where you went after we left uh, Nashville for Breach's wedding? Yeah, that's right. So um, we hung out with our friends the whole next day. On Sunday, it must have been, and yeah. we went to about four different places to eat all day. <laughs> nice. That's Nashville is good for that. We need oh, to make sweet. sure. Um, we should have you. When do you find out on Sunday? Early. Mm, so you should have flown out late. We should do the Tennessee Brew Works. That means we got to do Tennessee Brew Works on like Wednesday, because you don't want to. Yeah. Be f- you don't want to eat fat. You don't want to eat a burger and a bunch of beer before you do. Um, or we'll do it. No, no, no. We'll do it Saturday after the draft ends. We'll go that night. Yeah. I guess the draft usually ends around 8. It'll be 7 o'clock there. Boom. There you yeah, go. We'll just splurge on stuff like that. Uh, okay. So the owners meetings are coming up. Um, you know, there's, um, well, there'll be interesting things to talk about relative to other, uh, ownership situations that, that we can get into later. Right now, we're going to talk about the potential rules that have been floated for the NFL in 2019. This one was stunning. It came out on, on a Thursday afternoon. The competition committee, Ryan, wants to amend Rule 15, Section 2 for one year only to expand reviewable plays and instant replay to include fouls for pass interference, also expands automatic replay reviews to include scoring plays and turnovers negated by a foul and any try attempt, extra point, or two-point conversion. What do you think about a one-year trial period for pass interference replay review? Uh, Would that have fixed the problem? The the flag has to be thrown. That's the issue, right? Um. you're not going to fix the problem that happened last year. Yeah, I guess that's a good like question. You're not going to fix the, the, the well, game. well, that, 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 that's a question that has to be asked in when, when, cause you're allowed to, the media is, the media gets a chance to sit down with the competition committee and they go over the film and say, here's what would be an example of this. Here's what would be an example of that. It, I would assume that, um, you might be correct there and that I, think I saw would, that somewhere on Twitter that it still won't affect, it wouldn't affect the, the so if uh, no FCG flag game. is thrown. Nothing happens. You can't do anything about it. Mm, interesting. Okay. I think that's what 
We'll need to double check that, but I think that's the issue because that would have obviously uh, affected the outcome of the uh, championship game. Also, also, by the way, also as part of this, they want to include the reviewable plays for just for one year only in instant replay to include all fouls for pass interference, roughing the passer, and unnecessary contact against a player who's in defenseless posture. Now, I like that idea. So basically, they're going to say passer, if a flag is thrown for pass interference, roughing the passer, um, and unnecessary contact against a defenseless receiver, for the for the following year, they could potentially go back and review it to see if it was a good flag and then decide to overturn it. So that is... It is a little dicey. I would assume that they will then lean on the referees and say, hey, look, throw the flags more often, right? Yeah, you'd think. I'm trying to read here and make sure we're on the right path. I think um, But go ahead. Keep talking. Uh, yeah. I mean, in this case, what, what it would mean basically is if a, a flag is thrown um, for someone who uh, committed past interference, that person would then, you know, or the, the referees would then step in and be able to potentially overturn it if it was a bad flag. But as Ryan pointed out, if no flag was thrown, there's nothing they could do to fix it. They can't step in and say, "Hey, that was pass interference. Hold on, we got to fix that." It's only if a flag. How do you is fix thrown. that then? I, I don't. I don't know. I did. I think you just tell the referees. This is the problem: is we've already got a game that's full of flags, so now it's going to be more full of flags because you're asking them to step their flag game up, which nobody really wants. Like we don't need more flags. What I don't need in my life is more flags being thrown. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a tough question. I think the reason they want to do it for one year only, this is what the NFL classic move by them, trial balloon situation, you float it out there, yep. see what people think. If people like it, then you can roll with it. And um, if, if not, then you, you, know, you, can, you can renege on it later. My other question is why did it take so long to get to this point? Mm, that's a good question. Very good no question. Answers. I have no answers. No, we'll find. Well, I mean, Roger Goodell didn't answer at the Super Bowl press conference. Uh, why would, why would I, you know the answer? I would be very surprised. I bet they would end up shooting this down. But I don't know. The, the, the idea that they would do it for one year makes me think they might consider actually doing it. Um, well, how does this work in terms of the logistics? There's no. Does the coach throw the red flag, or is this? Up top I, I think it would be initiated up top. Is my yes. understanding because the, if the competition committee is coming up with it, it means they're talking to uh, Alberto Riveron, and he is he is telling them that they could figure out some way to do that. Presumably, uh, the Chiefs have proposed a rule. Here, one second. Sorry to interrupt. So here we go. So this is from Yahoo Sports's understanding. Had the rule been in place during the NFC title game, the Saints likely would have earned a foul call on the controversial play. So what can happen? I suppose that Riveron can buzz down and say, "Hey." Um, What's his face mugged? What's his face? And that's a foul. Mm, so maybe they can. And maybe, maybe the way that they phrase that is not the, and they're going to have to go through and actually do, and they, this is what they'll go over in the owners meeting. So they'll actually have to go through and do the wording of the potential rule. The release we got today does not include, uh, I don't believe the, oh wait, actually here it is. If I, maybe if I'd scrolled down, I could have found, uh, found that, found the ruling for, uh, to help, to help uh, everyone listen to this podcast. You keep talking while I find the actual. Yeah, so I want to double check. We need to get verification. But it says, you know, because as you mentioned, instant replay to include fouls for pass interference. That was not a foul in that game against the Saints and the Rams because there was no flag thrown. But if, if it's deemed a foul by, uh, by Riveron, then maybe he can hit the buzzer and stop play because mm-hmm. it is – it's unclear right now. So we'll, we'll certainly sort that out. But I, I feel like – it needs to be things that aren't flagged on the field. Obviously, need to be reviewable, not just things that are flagged incorrectly. 
Okay, yeah. yeah. All right, so here it is. Request for review. A replay review will be initiated by a member of the officiating department from a location in the league office or a replay official from a replay booth comparable to the location of the coach's booth or press box when the on-field ruling is, um, yeah, this is a, uh, yeah, a score for either team, an interception, a fumble or backward passage recovered by an opponent, muffed, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, there is no, there is no limit. Such reviews will be initiated regardless of whether a foul is committed on that play, if accepted, would negate the on-field rulings above. So in other words, they're basically trying to f- sort of flirt with centralized replay and to see how that goes. Is, is what, I don't understand why you wouldn't have that anyway. I, I'm with you 100%. C- centralized replay needs to happen. Apologies for the, um, yeah, confusion here on this very podcast. Also, the Chiefs are discussing, they want, uh, multiple, I think we've talked about this breach before, but they want multiple overtime possessions for every team. Mm, what do you think about that? I've never really gotten fired up about the overtime. I know, uh, coin flip, you're never going to win unless you're Bill Belichick. Uh, I once wrote a story that the Patriots, uh, always would win the coin toss and I got a little flack for that. Um, <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm sort of like with Pete Prisco on this. He's like, uh, play better defense. Yeah, I'm, I am too. It's like the, you know, when you get mad, like somebody's dancing after they dunk the ball, it's like, well, stop them from dunking the ball. Oh, absolutely. When I used to play pickup basketball and, and routinely get dominated, the, the phrase that I heard a lot was, don't get mad, get better. And I, I think that, um, that I'm, holds for, for overtime as well. I, I am with you 100%. Uh, the Broncos have, suggested a rule that would provide, this is called the AAF rule, provide an alternative to the onside kick that would allow a team who's trailing in the game an opportunity to main possession of the ball after scoring by going forward on like 4th and 12. I would assume that will be shot down, but that is a good... The great irony about that is who's throwing the ball for for Denver? (laughs) John Elway is the only chance they have. Can John Elway throw the ball? Can John Elway? Is that that okay if he does that? Um, Also, Washington wants to make all plays reviewable... All plays that occur during a game to coaches challenged by teams were reviewed by the officiating department in the instant replay system. They want to make everything reviewable. Um, Washington has sort of tried to grab hold of that, even though it's Bill Belichick's thing, and yeah. steal it. And um, and that's not going to happen. Two more juicy ones. One, Washington wants to amend current league practices regarding teams' post-game officiating inquiries and allow opposing teams to receive the league's post-game responses to any officiating inquiries submitted by either team. In other words, if the Redskins and the Eagles play and the Eagles have a problem with the officials and they submit a request to the league, the Redskins want to be CC'd. They want the opponent to be CC'd on it. I like it. It's Where like, did that come from? I, I don't know. I, I don't know why they're mad about it, but it's it's pretty funny. Um, that sounds – I mean, that I don't understand what's going on there. There was a report, I think local DC, 106.7, the fan in DC yeah. – I think one a of the CBS junkies, sports, a CBS sports radio station. Yeah. I think one of the junkies reported this, their morning show. I could be wrong, but it came out of 106.7 Spain that basically all the um, personnel decisions that have gone on. That Jay last, Gruden has no idea. It was the junkies. No idea. He found out about what's the most recent signing they had. Um, I was that. Uh, let me look real quick. Oh uh, yeah. Whoever, they, they signed somebody and he was like, Jay Gruden had no idea. He like found out on uh, what Twitter. the rest of us did. Yeah. Case Keenan, Landon, oh, Landon Collins that he found out. That's right. That's right. It seems like a big deal. Maybe you want to tell the head coach about it. It's just funny because Pat Shermer, you know, he's his job is safe, but uh, as far as we know, but they're a team in, in transition, we'll say. He and Gettleman are on the same page about everything. They talked about it, all the things that went the Odell Beckham stuff. They all agree on that, whether you agree with it or not, but at least they're talking. I don't know what chance Washington has of any success when, you know, Bruce Allen, the GM, isn't talking to Jay Gruden, the coach, 
reportedly. Right. No, I'm with you 100%. And so the Redskins want more communication, ironically. Uh, and then the last one. Uh, CC the coach. Yeah, CC the coach when you sign a $84 million contract with the safety from a team in your own division. This last one is high comedy. Eagle, we'll call this the Eagles Thanksgiving rule. I believe it has since been withdrawn, but they stuck it out there just to sort of let everybody know. To continue the annual, this is uh, submitted by the Eagles, to continue the annual tradition of having Dallas and Detroit play on Thanksgiving, provided that one of those clubs host a game with the other club playing away and alternating home and away games each subsequent season. In other words, screw you, Dallas, for getting a home game every year on Thanksgiving, which gives you... By virtue, a guaranteed short week home game, and it's always against the Eagles or always against the Redskins. You gotta flip flop it if you want to yep. do it. No more Dallas Thanksgiving is what the Eagles are trying to say. That's hilarious. I wonder what the Cowboys' record is actually the last ten years on Thanksgiving, whether it's good or not. I think it's probably negligible, but I mean, they, it is just a huge advantage over the course of that f- final stretch. Yeah, sure. Because I mean, like you would see teams get ten, like the Cowboys would have ten gate or three games in ten days, but two of them would be at home. And then the Redskins would have three games in ten days, and and two, you know, one of them's in Dallas four days after their second one. So, yeah, to me, that's a no-brainer. You gotta, well, look, you don't have to move it out of Dallas, but if you're gonna if you're gonna have it in Dallas every year, maybe stop giving, maybe just stop sending the Eagles and Redskins because it's a huge advantage for the the Cowboys and the Lions. Yeah, no. Although this year the Redskins, who knows? Bruce Allen won't tell Jay Gruden where the game is. He might not even be there. <laughs> he might not show up. He might not tell Landon Collins where the game is either. Um, all right, that's all I got. You got anything? Oh, uh, actually, you know what? Somebody uh, signed, and I'm going to tell you who it was. Oh, and, that's who. Uh, Robert Griffin III signed with the Redskins. Yeah, that's actually good. He makes a ton of sense there because he can do what Lamar Jackson does. But Justin Houston did sign with the Colts. I actually like that signing a lot, by the way. Two years, $24 million. Sort of surprised the Steelers weren't interested in that, but it was, apparently sounds like it was too rich for their blood. They don't need an edge rusher, but I will say this. Uh, Chris Ballard is doing a bang-up job and. In, uh, Justin, yes, yes, Justin Houston. That that is a good signing. Chris Ballard's crushing it. John Breach yeah. had him like twenty first. Huge cap. So they've got your guy Devin Funches, which makes no sense. Um, Pierre Desir, they've signed, they re-signed mm-hmm. him, and then Justin Houston. So they haven't done a lot, but they have a lot of money. Um, they have the twenty sixth pick in the draft coming off. They went to the playoffs, right? They had a winning season. The Colts. Did they go to the playoffs. Yeah, no. they definitely went to the playoffs. They, they got, they got blasted can't. by the Texans. No, they blasted the Texans. Sorry, and yeah. then they got blasted right. by the Chiefs. Right, right. Yep, that's right. That's right. Like Chiefs game um, is when um, I like. I like how quickly you shifted to draft. You're like, did the Colts go to the playoffs? Did who won the Super Bowl? I can't even remember. Yeah, it's like how right. old is my son? <laughs> yeah, but uh, I'd like the Houston signing. Um, and then Chris Ballard's not overreacting. He didn't go crazy the first day of free agency. He let let the market settle for Houston. Got him for relatively cheap. He's thirty years old. He can stay healthy. That's that's huge. And we all blasted the Devin Funches signing, but it's a one year, thirteen million dollar deal. It's just it's it not. It's, yeah, Dante Moncrief got two years, nine million. Who would you rather have? Uh, no, Moncrief's a free agent. Oh, from the Steelers. Yeah, but but, but he Moncrief got but, Mon- yeah, but Moncrief. I I, I mean, I, well, it's one year, ten million for Funches. It's thirteen million if he hits all his incentives. But I look, I don't think it's a great signing, but it's a body they can put at receiver where they don't have to panic and go out and draft Kelvin Harmon if they don't, if there's somebody out there that they yep. can. Yeah, no, that's right. Um, all right, let's get out of here. You got to go see your family. I got to go watch basketball. Go Tar Heels. What? I'm just kidding. Um, hey, what happened? I think mean, Robbie's rooting for the Tar Heels. I'm rooting for the Tar Heels. Maybe maybe he'll be a Carolina fan. He'll get a free education. Get a scholarship. Maybe I'll bang out that Moorhead scholarship. Save, nice. save, save me some money. 
Uh, follow Ryan Wilson at Ryan Wilson CBS. Read his draft stuff. And uh, talk to you next week, buddy. See us.